0: IVM. On this episode of Pesavessa, I speak with Subu, the CEO and co founder at FISDIM. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff, folks. We're going to talk about how you can make smarter financial decisions by just changing your investment behavior a bit. And of course, we're going to talk about a lot about what FISDIM does and Subu's own background as a venture capitalist and an entrepreneur. So don't go anywhere. This is a really cool episode of Pesavessa coming up next. Folks, welcome to Paisa Paisa. I'm your host, Anupam Gupta, B50 on Twitter, and this is the FISDM special. I have with me, Subramanyeh SV, or Subo, the CEO of FISDM. Now, FISDM is a digital wealth management platform for retail consumers. that works in a unique partnership model with banks and financial institutions. And on this episode... We're going to talk about a lot of stuff, okay? Don't think it's just about investments and mutual funds and this and that. It is going to be about that. But you're going look, you know, there's more, much more to talk about stuff like why do loss-making startups have such great valuations? And of course, we're also going to talk about how you can make smarter decisions for your money. Subhu, welcome to Baiza, Baiza. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this recording. You're from Bangalore. You have the weather, but you also have the traffic. So I'm pretty sure that here in Mumbai... <laughs> At least the traffic is better over here. Okay, so let's just start with your background. And I was really fascinated. I was on your website, Fisdom.com, and I saw in your profile that, you know, you're actually a venture capitalist turned entrepreneur, okay, or a founder. So tell us something about it. Let's let's start from there, okay? Because a lot of people, including me, always wonder, and you're someone who's seen both sides of the story, how the heck do these guys who make no money at all have such great valuations? Welcome to Pesa Let's start from here. Thanks, Anvam.
1: Thanks for having me here. Um, Yes, I am one of those people who worked as a venture capital investor for many, many years. In fact, most of my career was spent as venture capitalist, which is investing in unlisted companies. First four years of my VC job was spent in investing in profitable unlisted companies, which was as a private equity investor in in Bombay. Then I moved to Bangalore in 2011, started the office of my previous firm, Bessemer Venture Partners in Bangalore. And we started investing in consumer internet companies and uh, Besmer is globally well known for investing in consumer internet companies and we just started uh, investing in uh, India and we invested um, in many companies you know uh, I had the personal fortune of working very closely with founders at uh, Snapdeal, uh, Matrimony.com, Taxi for Sure which was sold to Ola and several other companies and Bessemer itself invested in lots of other companies like Big Basket, Swiggy, Urban Claps. You're the right
0: guy to answer the question. Right? Yeah, I mean, so I mean, we, <laughs> from someone who's a, you know like me who just reads in the newspapers and of course has no idea either about entrepreneurship or about VC. What's the deal out here? I mean, how can you, you make thousands of crores of loss every year and see your valuation go up? I invest in listed companies. If they show a loss, gas stock price goes down. Yeah, how does yeah.
1: yeah. I, I you know I don't think I can rationalize this specific sort of valuation, but I think. You know, it's it's kind of not fair to rationalize as well. But I think the only philosophical framework we can think of is like when we invest in public markets, we are pricing a stock for one year forward, at best two year forward. Some of the best companies get priced three year forwards. Uh, whereas I think in unlisted companies where companies are out to create categories, there are a few investors who are willing to price seven years forward.
0: Wow. Uh,
1: today, the company might be 1,000 crore losses. N- next year, it might be 3,000 crore losses. Uh, third year, it might be 5,000 crore losses. But if you kept if you keep at it and create a category and create a habit, but by the time the seventh year comes, you might actually have a 5,000 crore profit. Hmm. So people are willing to take a seven-year or a some, in some cases, 10-year bet uh, that saying that, look, I'm willing to pay forward 10 years for a company that is... Likely to have a leadership position. There's an element of risk as well um, when we invest in public markets. You know, the risk element is mark-to-market loss, whereas when people invest in private markets, the risk is complete wipeout. Mm. The complete money can get get wiped out. In return, there the the protection is okay. Fine in case this company works fine. This could result in the entire portfolio being entire money being kind of refunded. So I keep saying this the job of a venture capital investor is to say no
0: uh, right okay. their,
1: their job is look, you meet thousand companies in a year, say no to nine ninety of them hmm. say yes to ten of them from investing hmm. and make three of those thousand make you make money for you. Wow. So it's three out of thousand. so you you know to have a hit rate of less than one 003 percent one point zero three percent. But you better make sure that when it's a hit, it's like an outstanding hit so that it returns for the entire uh, set of losses. It's um, uh, just like public markets. I think private markets also go, go through kind of capital cycles. Sure. We've In my memory, we've had at least three capital cycles in the last 10 years. 2011 was a boom year where anybody and everybody could, could fund it, get confronted. Like in 2011, I remember there were 41 e-commerce companies. That had Series A or above
0: funding. Forty-one. Forty-one. That's a big number. That's a big number. Today, okay.
1: today, um, you know, none of them survive in the truest sense. Uh, Flipkart has now become Walmart and mm. Snapdeal is, uh, is kind of surviving. Mm. So if you ignore those two, remaining 37, 38, whatever the residual number is, kind of got Shit. evaporated.
0: Either wiped out or merged or sold something or something other, like that. Yes. Wow.
1: And the next cycle, next boom was 2015 when you know Flipkart went from raising $1 billion to $4 billion. Yes. <laughs> um, and then we had 2018, 2019 was also kind of a... Uh, I, th- I think p- private markets also go through cycle just like public markets and uh, you know pricing goes uh, haywire a lot of premium is paid for access to a premium company mm-hmm. i mean pretty mm-hmm. much similar to the way HDFC bank gets priced at crazily higher premium in terms of price to book compared to a tier two bank yep. so companies that have a supposedly leadership position in a given sector that has a potential to throw profits in a in a few years time end up getting disproportionately high premium <laughs> Amazing. Uh, uh and while public market <laughs> investors like you focus on losses yeah. the private investor focuses on leadership position yeah. and what is the growth of this segment that is possible over the next um, few years what is which is why you've seen taxi companies which are still loss making food delivery companies which are still mm-hmm. loss making <laughs> they get uh, mm-hmm. essentially you know as i said i wouldn't I cannot rationalize it, sure, but all I can say is from their perspective, they're playing a ten year uh game, if you will, and
0: taking a high risk maybe high one, risk, only yeah. one out of ten might be even yeah, less absolutely.
1: Succeed. I mean so I, I'm not, so if you took if you look at any large global VC firm, right, sixty percent of their investments typically return zero. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. It's only the remaining 40% of the companies that, that end up generating yeah. returns to compensate even for the 60% that didn't generate anything.
0: Amazing. I should have you back on the show for this <laughs> precise topic. But now <laughs> let's move to the public markets because that's what Fisdom is about. Uh, you know, I, so over the last uh, three years when I've done this show, I've had a lot of other platforms also, which have come in, ET Money's uh, Squirrel, Scribox, lot, lot of them. I believe you are among the older guys. 2016, which is why I'm wondering, why have you not come here early? Or maybe that's my, uh, you know, uh, I probably uh, skipped that. But so te- tell us about Fisdom, how it's unique, how it's different, because I saw on your website that you guys do a lot of work with banks and financial institutions. So I can make out that this is a very differentiated product. Just walk us through, because you were here from day one. I mean, you you yeah. were there from the day that Fisdom was founded till now, entire four journey, I mean, just... Tell us about that. So, our listeners have a better idea to appreciate Fisdom better. Yeah,
1: yeah we started Fisdom to be a digital financial services company in the in a, over a 5-7 to seven year horizon, which is what the journey has been. So, our first version of the product went live in 2016. Yeah, you know, the beta went out in 2016, January. Hold,
0: I have to ask. Pre-demonetization or post-demonetization? <laughs> <Pre-monetization>? <laughs>
1: pre-demonetization. Okay. And then the public version went sometime in 2016. So uh, we have this unique sort of a business model, which is why you don't know about us because we build a B2C product, but we don't sell B2C. We don't, uh, we don't advertise or we don't market B2C. The primary mode of distribution for us has been through partnerships with existing financial institutions. And I'll talk about why, et cetera. Uh, and in the B2C world, I think we were one of the first guys uh, I think when we started, there were two companies who were selling mutual funds. One is the other is uh, Funds India, and our own aspiration was never to be only a mutual fund investor uh, uh, platform. So it is to be a broad-based financial services platform. And since then, we've added uh, new products like health insurance, life insurance, gold, pension, pension fund, NPS. So we, we now at least have five products uh, on the platform. So the idea was always to be a broad-based financial services platform, but sure. do it, doing it digitally. So, when we started, uh, you know, we kind of identified three sort of problems in in the market. Why people were uh, not investing. And this was also pre-mutual fund sahih days, if you remember. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I'm just, I can't honestly, you know, I just can't remember 2016 now. The thing is that <laughs> everything has become, you know, supposedly so smooth and whatnot. It's just... Yeah. It'll be interesting to get your perspective on this, 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 this journey that we made. Maybe our listeners can figure out how this has happened and why mutual funds today are so easy, yeah. such an easy product. Go on.
1: So there were three uh, primary issues kind of we identified from the customer's perspective. Why are people keeping so much money in bank deposits? Uh, I think you've covered it in your past episode. Like yeah. the, the the amount of bank deposits we have is something like 80, uh, 90 lakh crores.
0: Even today, it's a huge number. A huge
1: number, yeah. like yeah. 1.3, 1.4 trillion dollars Just, on a $2.5 yeah, trillion yeah. dollar economy, right? Uh, so we have a large amount of money stuck in bank deposits. People put money in PPF, uh, you know, they don't access capital markets and within capital markets, you know, mutual funds are the easiest ones. They're mm. the simplest because there's the experts who are managing your money, uh, relatively low cost, unlike some of the other products like insurance, but people don't do it. Mm. I think we identified kind of three areas why people are not doing one is lack of access. Second is lack of knowledge and third is lack of trust. Uh lack of access Why the entire KYC process If you go back to 2015-16 was a painful one
0: Massively painful
1: You have to take a KYC form Fill it You have to get proof Proof You have to attach an address proof and yeah. identity proof And yeah. put a photograph Stick it Sign it Give it to a mutual fund house Wait for 3 days Or sometime to get it approved And then you make an investment
0: And then write a check And then wait yeah. for Whichever NAV happens Or whatever yeah. happens okay, So this sure. was painful
1: And in a and if you, this is 2015-16, right? By then, Flipkart and Ola are all over the place. I mean, hmm. customer is getting used to a very, very superior experience in other
0: forms of consumption. So if you can actually buy, you know, you can get a cab from any given place to your doorstep. If you can buy anything on your doorstep, then why not a mutual fund? I'll, I'll stretch it even further. Huh. In
1: 2015, this is something I told one of the regulators whom I had met in 2016. Huh. Today, somebody can buy 5 lakh rupee worth jewelry online. Huh. With no paperwork And get it delivered to your home I didn't know that But you can't do a 500 rupee Mutual fund investment For that You have to do a song and dance Get out Are you serious about Yeah Back then? Yeah you could buy 5 lakh rupee virtuality On oh. stuff Places like Places like Bluestone Carrot Lane And a bunch of them And, and it, no pan no Nothing Nothing, could nothing No TDS No TDA's, uploading XYZ Nothing,
0: upload, <laughs> nothing.
1: And you, Sounds hard to believe man Yeah you could for, But for you to invest A 500 rupee investment yeah. Because that was the minimum that Now it's yeah. 100 rupees you have to do a KYC, And my own view is the KYC itself is a relic of the British era. If you ask me, look, ho? <laughs> like who, tell me who, are <laughs> Right? Which is uh, pretty weird in a, to yeah, the yeah, 2020. Yeah. We are still talking about. So lack of access was a big issue. People were like inertia, like it's okay, man, let it be. The second was lack of knowledge hmm. uh, because, you know, there were like thousands of mutual funds. And uh, as I was saying, many of these mutual fund names were like movie names. <laughs> like customer doesn't, doesn't understand what is this. Like, what is this name? Let's say there's a fund, ABC. <laughs> I don't know name specific fund <laughs> names.
0: Reminding me of 2008. I mean, I, exploring India, Endeavor India, this yeah. India, that India, fantastic. I don't blockbuster stuff. You're right, yeah. you're right, go on.
1: Right. So customers won't understand like, what the hell is this? Why, you know, what is this fund does? What does this fund do? Uh, and people are financially not savored by and large. So the, the second issue: was the lack of sort of knowledge, and third mm. was lack of trust. Mm. You know, India has the history of customers getting shortchanged Drawboard, by intermediaries, yeah, 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 right? You yeah. would know these stories more than me. Oh yeah. So three things: lack of trust, lack of knowledge, lack of access. Look, what can we do to solve these? Right. That, mm. That's the that's the problem statement for us, and that's what we did in the first year of our um, uh, launch. So we said access is a big issue. And a lot of that we've done in 2016. I'm glad to say is now the industry standard in terms of KYC. Yeah. So we were the first one of the we were the first guys to launch this mobile app where you could do your KYC in a few photo clicks. You could take a photograph, of your PAN card. You, uh At that point of for bank account, you had to give a check leave. Mm. So you had to take a check leaf photograph, take a selfie, uh, and in like 30 seconds, uh, uh, up to two minutes, depending upon how fast you are. You could complete your KYC and sure. you would have your, you can start investing like immediately. Okay. Uh, and then we built a lot of tech tools like to do OCR on your PAN card. How, how do you read your PAN card? How do you read your check leave without you having to enter? So we solved the access problem uh, in a fairly efficient sort of a manner. Now, thankfully, that's now accepted. Like you see a lot of digital players and even uh, old economy players now <laughs> using that form yeah. of uh, onboarding. Yeah. So access was kind of solved. The second was uh, lack of knowledge. Now, you do, do, do this KYC, now you come to conclusion. look, I need to invest 1,000 rupees per month. Hmm. Now, where do I invest in? Uh, that,
0: that question still is there today. Still I think. exists. Yeah. And yeah. The,
1: this complexity, right? There is, one, there are different types of funds. Equity, debt, hybrid. Within equity, there are myriad types yeah. of funds. Within yeah. debt, liquid, short-term, ultra-short-term, credit, GSEC, G-Sec yeah. uh, you know, gilt bond, gilt fund. Guild fund. There's just no shortage to the uh, number so you're lost types of types of funds. you basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so we wanted to build something that says, look, the customer says, I want to invest 1,000 rupees. Within three clicks, he should be able to know what he should invest in. Right? Okay, you want to invest 1,000 rupees. What's your time horizon? What's your kind of surrogate risk profile? Okay, invest in these three companies. Hmm, hmm, hmm. And you click and we integrate to a payment gateway. You are done. done so that yeah. was the lack of knowledge where you don't think too much. We yeah. will do the thinking. Yeah. But if you want to know, there is information available. So this is what we call as a hidden complexity and a guided choice model. Sure. It guides the customer, but if the customer wants to know the gory details of why this fund versus that fund, how is is done versus Sensex, etc., there is hidden complexity. Then they can, can choose more. to see them. You can see more, God, but if okay. you don't want, you can skip it. So yeah. that's just lack of, uh, com- uh, you know, lack of knowledge part. Sure. The hard part was lack of trust. Okay. If you ask me, that was the hardest part because. Uh, at the end of the day, FISDOM was FISDOM. Like today, a few people know. Uh, a large number of people didn't know. And that was also a time, if you remember, around 2015, a large number of startups went belly up. Oh,
0: yeah, uh, yeah, 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 to
1: the, yeah. After the, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, funding freeze that came in 2016, yeah. right? So one of the questions people would ask us is, uh, look, uh, what if FISDOM goes down? Where does yeah. the money go? Who has the unit? So we realized look you know trust is a big deal big thing yeah uh you know because we are taking money from customers and not giving and money look like at
0: a, when we are talking about this <laughs> we're talking when a bank has failed and yeah oh, so trust is a big deal yeah. in money You're Trust right.
1: is a big deal in money yeah. and um uh some of this trust barrier and trust barrier were at two levels to be honest with you one was at at the, at the product level itself. Hmm. Like mutual fund. Like what, what is, is it? What is it exactly? Yeah. What is it? Like um, is this return assured? Like what kind of returns can I make? Who is better it Should it be HTFC? Should it be like there are forty-five at that point on there are if you remember 45 AMCs for there. Hmm. Some got merged and all happened now. And each of them in.
0: will have like at least 10, 15, 20 yeah. schemes, so thousands of schemes. Thousands. Yeah. So
1: so there was a there was a issue at a uh trusted a product level. Huh. And okay, fine if there is somebody who has done the KYC who has understood which fund to invest in now he comes like what is wisdom where does my money go money goes to you or directly goes to the mutual fund when I redeem where do my money where does my money come how do I redeem people had these elementary trust levels this was a so we realized there's a cost of uh, awareness building Etc <laughs> thankfully in 2017 uh, late 17 or early 18 I think the whole mutual fund Sahiye campaign started mm. that took care of the lack of trust at a product level okay so that was a huge tailwind but on our side we realized look trust is a big deal which is where we sort of started uh, doing the partnership model okay look it will take a long time for us to build our own trust we have to build burn lots of millions of dollars which we uh, coming from a vc background i fundamentally know that the cost of customer acquisition in india is very very high hmm. people figure out a way to you know hide it here <laughs> and there but it's very very high so how can we reduce our cost of acquisition how can we re- how can we build trust without spending lots of dollars so we started working, approaching banks, and we signed our first partnership with a couple of banks in 2017. Hmm. Uh, Lakshmi Vilas Bank and Bank of One is a small private sector lender in the down south, yeah. and Bank of is a large PSU. And uh, that has worked out extremely well for us.
0: Tell us how that works, yeah? Because I believe yeah. you know so from what you also told me is that you're you you you're, you focus a lot on tier two, tier three towns. I want Correct. to get some learnings from there, maybe yeah. some data and some numbers. Tell yeah. us so these two banks yeah.
1: Yeah. so and now we have now we work with actually nine banks uh, and uh, some more financial institutions like nbc's etc although so the portfolio is now close to 16 uh, partners from one partner in 2017. so the way it works is uh, it's a branded partnership there the bank's customers use our products let's say a karnataka bank or a city union bank they don't have a wealth management proposition we are their wealth management partner both physical and digital. Uh, and uh, we have Wisdom apps that are accessible to their customers. So the customers don't basically download Fisdom app. If they don't want to download Fisdom app, we also have an SDK that integrates with their uh, mobile app or the internet banking. So they can access seamlessly from their uh, digital property. And the entire UI, UX is everything Fisdom. Uh, and uh, we we whatever revenues we make across products, mm. whether it is mutual fund, pension fund, gold, etc., we work on a revenue share. So whatever money we make, we share with the bank. So for the bank, it becomes a um, sort of a profit center. Yeah. They didn't have to yeah. invest a lot. We've done, we bring all of that operations, product, m- marketing support, all of got that, right? It, yeah. And for the customer, um, you know, this is a trusted intermediary. Now the customer could come to Fisdom or any of the other digital platforms or any of the mutual fund company. But one of the biggest insights we got when we started working is in the moment we go to the metros, and moment we go out of the SEC A population, like probably people like you and I, hmm. uh, the bank plays a significant role in the um, in the way the customers access financial, financial advice. So, if you go to a tier 2, tier 3 town, a bank manager is a financial advisor.
0: Wow. Okay. Right? They yeah, yeah, yeah. go and… Uh, they actually ask him what's a good yeah. product to invest in. They ask. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like, I,
1: I, you know, if, I, if you take my hometown, it's a small town called Shimoga. Sure. There, uh, the branch manager like the king he's respected you won't believe it in a tier 3 town a branch manager is invited for school events and all for <laughs>
0: no it is a big deal come it's on deal. he's handling your money and if you're someone who has a lot of bank deposits or a fixed deposit he's the guy who's actually handling your money and from what I hear these guys actually maintain relations with the customers. Yeah. Unlike what we out here see, that it's purely transaction. Yeah. Go and go out, and yeah. some of us don't even see a bank branch. Honestly, we just do it through through the app. Whereas I I know for a fact that a lot of you know in a lot of areas of India, the bank manager is a big deal. Yeah. You're so
1: right. he's he's a trusted person who who sits there every day for three four years. So the customer feels look if something goes wrong, I can go and yeah. talk yeah. to him. So he's a trusted uh, sort of an uh uh person himself. And the bank itself is trusted. You know, it also has to got to do with the evolution of, uh, you know, the banking system in India. Large number of these banks in in private sector still, ex- the not the new age ones like mm. Karnataka City Union, mm. they've also come through this whole community angle. So there is a cluster, oh, yeah, larger, yeah, yeah, larger yeah, yeah. local
0: Man, trust. that's that's such a fascinating story. Right? I should you know again you probably do a separate do, yeah. part about that, but. It's a story on its own. Yeah. I mean, community banking.
1: Like, like like for example, you know, Karur Bank started banking for a particular community. Saraswat Bank. Yeah, Saraswat Bank, yeah, Karnataka yeah. Bank, you know, focused on a certain community investment. Syndicate for, bank. Syndicate yeah, bank. Biggest stories. Yeah. Yeah. So as a result, the, the trust of over the years is still pretty strong. Now, yes, there is a there's a new age. Customer is not going there. Like a 22 year old guy who's coming out of the same family is not opening the he bank account. He doesn't want to go
0: to a b- branch itself. Right? Yeah, he's okay. opening
1: a Kotaka residency, but, uh, uh, but the rest of the family is still bags. That's one. The second one is unlike Bombay, Bangalore, the wealth, uh, if you come across a wealthy guy in a tier 2, tier 3 town, he's not likely to be in your 20s. He's ah. likely to be in his 40s.
0: Ah, interesting. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, there is no 25 year old rich guy in. In a tier 3 town Okay <laughs> Right If there's a rich guy is 45 year old Okay And that guy Has relationships He has pre-existing Relationships that With these PSU banks uh, And um, You know Some of the Older private sector banks that, That's That's second thing That we realized The third thing is um, uh, uh, India is also An SME market A trader Servicing You know MSME is a big deal Again with SMEs and MSMEs, from the perspective of servicing, these some of these older banks have done a better job of getting distribution into tier 3, tier three towns than HDFC. Like mm-hmm. if you take a town mm-hmm. like Satna, for example, in MP, you're likely to find a lot more OBC, SBI, B.O.B., Central Bank of India branches who are giving these OD facilities and stuff like that. It's painful, just to be yep. clear. I'm yep. not saying Fair. they're doing a human service. Yeah. But there is one area where these banks have done a phenomenally better job than HDFC, Cortex of the world, is getting distribution. Sure. The, you know, all over the country, you know, distribution. I think they've done a great job. Last point we realize uh, is uh, at the end of the day, in spite of all the upheavals, including the Yes Bank upheaval last Hmm. week, uh, no customer has
0: ever lost money in a bank deposit. That is true. Right? That is true yeah okay yeah yeah. yeah 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 you may have to wait for your money to come back, right but it will come back.
1: It's never happened in India so far where a customer has lost money in a scheduled commercial bank period huh,
0: huh, huh. so
1: as a result the general belief is bank is trusted it might go and it's
0: backed to buy. It. A long history of not failing. Yeah. Or rather, not failing, forget it. Uh, A long history of getting your money back. Correct.
1: So, as a result, the trust levels of these banks are fairly high. And we started using... That started playing to our advantage. Got it. So, today... Uh, the reason why people don't see us is uh, 95% of our customers come from through these partnerships. Hmm. As a result, we don't really have to do marketing hmm. uh, because Facebook, Google, TV, all these are kind of expensive uh, stuff to sort of uh, do marketing. Got it. So in summary, we build a B2C product. Which is which? Uh, which tries to solve the first two problems, which is lack of access and lack of knowledge. Mm. And now we are trying to extend this to all the other situations, whether it is insurance. Uh, you know, insurance in other areas, mis-selling is rampant. Yep. We spoke about it. Uh, so we sell only life only term insurance. We don't sell anything else. We don't sell ULIPs. We don't sell uh, endowment products. So we sell basically term insurance, which is what the customer sort of should buy. Sure. Uh, now we are extending to other products, and we distribute through large partnerships and today we have customers from uh, you know nearly 1000 cities uh, you name a town uh, we have customers from 80% of our customers come from outside of the top 10 cities okay uh, our average age of a customer is slightly different from a typical you know, digital wealth to player because our customer is not a 25-year-old guy. <laughs> he's he's more like a 38, 40-year-old sort of an average. Sure. Uh, he's a rich guy in a tier 3 town um, and uh, um, and still continues to be, I mean, 70% continues to be male. But okay. that's the nature of the... <laughs> Fascinating
0: uh, stuff. Uh, great data, Subhu. Now, We're going to take a break right now on this note and given the kind of products that you offer, the insights that you have, on the other side of this break, we're going to come back and talk about specific habits, specific, you know, stuff that can help our listeners make smarter decisions. I know that before the show, we were talking about a lot of uh, issues that still exist. I mean, investment has, of course, picked up a lot in India, but we are still nowhere close to, you know, an ideal behavior pattern within a lot of people. So I want our listeners to get your insights on that. Folks, we will be back with Subu from Fisdem on the other side of this break where we'll be telling you about actionable specific tips that will help you make smarter financial decisions. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. And welcome back to this episode with Subu. So CEO at Fisdom, in the first half we spoke about the story of Fisdom, about venture capitalism, about entrepreneurship and a lot of other stuff. In this part now, Subhu is going to tell us about a lot of, you know, very unique, uh, maybe behavioral patterns, maybe mistakes that we do as, you know, as we invest. Because the SAP has now become a very popular product and a lot of us uh, invest in mutual funds through it. But here's the thing you know we still tend to make a lot of mistakes there are still these behavioral quirks that we have and is going to walk us through a lot of these uh you call it you know behavioral things or whatever it is that kind that kind of come in between us making better returns so subu welcome back on the show let's let's start with expectations okay because uh from what i know uh At least I would want that my, when I make a portfolio, it should at least beat inflation. You know, let's start from there in terms of goal setting, what it is and what it should be.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of people confuse return expectations to some sort of an absolute number. But in reality, the objective of any investment instrument uh, should be to perform in relation to a a certain inflation, because if you keep the money as it is, it loses value. We all know the effect of inflation. So uh, if I'm making an investment, my expectation is that it should beat inflation. But here is the market reality. Uh, we could invest in two types of instruments. One set of instrument that guarantee us return, a certain return, like bank deposit, for example, or a PPF, etc. Uh, the second type of instrument is where there is no guaranteed; it It could go up and down by and large i think uh, any instrument that guarantees you a certain return post tax generates less than inflation <laughs> okay <laughs> uh and any instrument that does not guarantee you a return could generate more than uh, you know inflation and those include equities gold uh, real estate etc right and so uh, any customer, any investor who's making investment for the long term, which I define as kind of five years when I, when we speak to our customers, is to beat inflation and beat inflation handsomely. So the for people to beat inflation, they have to invest in what are called as risky assets, mm. where you could lose your money mark to market, you could even lose your money permanently, but... There is a certain, certain probability that you could make significantly more money and you beat your inflation. So you are wealthier five years later. Otherwise, you know, you could afford more goods and services for the same amount of money that you had five years ago. So first thing for people to beat inflation in the long run, they have to invest in assets that are that are risky by return, which is basically equities gold and uh, real estate mm. now gold has its own quirkiness uh, real estate you need to be a i keep saying this you need to be a crorepati before <laughs> you can investment make money in real estate so okay. uh, equities are the uh, most accessible uh, uh, asset for for customers at large and within equities there is investing in direct in stocks that has a, that's a specialized sort of an activity, but the good thing is there are mutual funds which are um, uh, easy to consume, easy to understand now with a, such a large penetration of digital platforms. Mm. So it's easy to access as well, easy to understand. Mutual funds he has democratized. So, you know, uh, mutual funds one good way to sort of uh, invest in the long term and beat inflation. Of course, you still have to get your mutual fund right
0: okay so now i have uh you know i have a fair idea of how to set my return expectations and now that i'm i'm probably even signed up to maybe start an sip tell us about some kind of you know again mistakes that we made we might start an sip but what happens over the life of an sip i don't know whether you have any data on uh i don't know if it's called persistency the average life of an sip i know from my conversation that people don't Tend to continue it for more than two to three years and one market crash like you know we're having right now, and people are out of the SIP. So tell us about this concept of you know when SIP I believe is nothing but rupee cost averaging. Yeah, and how to stay invested and all that stuff. Yeah,
1: I think you know uh, when if you talk to any uh, fund manager, they'll uh, any financial services professional they'll quote you some of these statistics like this fund A without going to the names gener- has generated twenty four percent Kager in the last twenty five years since inception. Uh, Unfortunately, that's all theoretical because uh, if you go dig deeper and say, look, since 1995, since this fund started, how many people have actually stayed invested for the last 25 years? That number would be like a handful, 20, 30, 40 types. Mm. I think one of the issues that we find in SIP investors is uh, uh, persistency slash retention. People don't stay invested. They end up uh, doing two things. One is um, canceling when the markets go like like what happened today? Markets have corrected uh, 15% in the last uh, few weeks. So people say, look, let me just cancel the SIP. Let me hold back so that I can wait for the sentiments to recover, or the markets to recover. That's one mistake people do. And then the second common mistake people do is to uh, is to keep changing funds. Uh, they've invested in let's say one large cap fund. And uh, they see that the past one year return from another large cap fund is more than the one that they've invested in. They said, you know what, I must be in a wrong fund. Let's just switch to from one fund to another fund. I think that's the second sort of common mistake that people do. What we tell is, look, if you pick a fund and a fund manager, stay aligned to that fund manager for as long as possible, because then you are also getting the leverage of his own adjustment that he does to the portfolio. Of course, if, there's a, if the fundamental strategy has gone wrong, of course, if the fund manager quits and goes, you make adjustments. But otherwise, pick a fund and stay invested as long as possible and don't change fund. The second thing is about cancellations or staying out of the market for SAPs. I think that's a biggest mistake one can we can make because let's do the math. Let's say somebody is doing a five thousand rupee uh, uh, investment. The funds have a certain uh, NAV, right? So, when the market Sensex is at 40,000 rupees, you get a certain number of units. When the market is at 34,000, you get more units. For the same amount of money, you are earning more units of the same, then there is no reason to stay out. Provided you are buying the right asset, for the same amount of money, you are getting more. Mm. You should be happy that, mm. okay, fine, I'm glad the markets came down because uh, earlier I could buy X units of this fund. Now, I'm getting X plus 30% of this fund. So as a result, your per unit price goes down significantly. People don't get that. Right? I mean, people, when, when people don't get that. Whenever
0: there's an Amazon sale, they'll be like, I'm getting a so-and-so TV for <laughs> so-and-so price and they jump at yeah. that. Yeah.
1: I'll just add last part. I would say Please. the third mistake people do is uh, somehow there is a notion that people think they can time the markets. Mm. I think which is just an impossible thing. I don't think, uh, I don't think even the world's best investors have ever said that they can time the market. So you never, you don't know when the market is going to bottom out. You never know when the market is peak. The best bet that a retail investor who's salaried sort of a person, whose day job is to do something else and not investing, is to keep investing in the market in a good asset on a consistent basis. So if the market goes up, you end up getting less units. If the market goes in, you get more units. Correct. So the SIP has this phenomenal thing where it, it has this automatic rupee cost averaging built in. You don't have yeah. to do anything. Yeah. yeah. right. So, uh, so I think rupee cost averaging is something that a lot of people kind of get confused. They think they can get out at 34 because 34,000 because they think Sensei is going to get to 30 and then they will
0: enter. Yeah. Which is All the a best. fallacy. Yeah, I know, yeah. There's, there's just a thrill to timing the markets. And finally, I wanted to, you know, uh, spend some time. Okay, this is a, such a common phrase, but there it is. You know, I'm just putting it out. The power of compounding. <laughs> Tell us about this power of compounding term, how it works. Because I don't know, man. Sometimes I feel. Sometimes I, I meet people who expect power of compounding in the short term. If they probably got in, uh, you know, at maybe 2015, 2016, when mid-caps markets were ending well, and suddenly by 2017, when the market has, has boomed, they're like, power of compounding, power of compounding. Put this in, persp- in, in perspective for us.
1: Yeah. So, first thing for power of compounding to work, uh, you need to give time. Uh, and when you give adequate time to the investment, you know, it'll show the power of, uh, the true power of compounding. I'll take a couple of numbers to kind of bring it to light so that people understand. Uh, and I'm going to take sort of reasonable return and reasonable numbers. I'm not going to say market is generate like 15% return, 20% return. Mm. So let's take an example of, a, of an SIP of 5,000 rupees per month uh, of a customer who does for about 10 years. And let's assume over the 10-year period, market generates 10% return. Which I think is fairly reasonable to sort of expect, right? In a in a Quite growing conservative, in fact, right? I would say yeah, of course. Yeah, let's say ten percent. You know, given that we are talking the way that about, we are, yeah, <laughs> we are speaking on a day when the markets are at thirty-four thousand. So yeah. I think, um, if you do that for ten years, you are um, at the end of ten years, the corpus for the customer will be around ten lakh rupees. Okay. okay. Invested amount is was six lakh rupees. Corpus about ten lakh rupees. Now that's fine. It's great. Uh, there are two things here. One is your money has grown at ten percent, which is beating inflation. Second, you also saved money that otherwise would have gone into buying things that you don't need. Correct. So double benefits. Now let's extend this 10 years to 15 years. Right? I've increased the time of of be me being invested by about 50%, mm. right, from 10 to 15. Mm. Now the amount of money that I have from 9.5 lakhs, the corpus, goes to 21 lakhs. Wow. So if I increase the time limit by 50%, but my corpus went up by, uh, you know, 100%. Correct. Uh, now I make it uh, 20, 20 years instead of 10 years instead of 15 years I make it 20 years I, yeah. amount is the same I am still investing 5,000 rupees I am still getting 10% market return Yep. now at the end of 20 years I have 42 lakhs in my corpus wow. that's
0: so, the difference
1: that's the difference so the longer you make the asset generate a certain return the corpus becomes kind of outsized sure. now now, obviously, somebody might turn and say, "Look, 20 years. 20 years is is, is like who knows 20 years." Mm. But then again, power of the magic of power of compounding works when you give it kind of sufficiently sufficiently long time so uh, that goes back to the earlier point that we were making Uh, stay invested stay invested for long uh, and you will see some of these uh, sort of uh, play out otherwise what will happen is this these will become theoretical statement that fund a has generated 16% return from 2001 Mm. to 15 how many people made money four people made money
0: (laughs) okay tell me about this long term short term confusion that people have Uh, when we were talking you spoke about how people actually go into a short term product expecting long term returns and the other way around just just yeah. tell me about that. I,
1: so retail investors, right? I mean, they typically follow everybody else when the markets peak at 42,000, they come into the equity market and a lot of people open a DMAT and trading account because their friends have opened, their friends have made money and they trade and they lose money. Mm. So And, you know, and they buy some stock also. They might even buy, do fundamental investing also, but they end up, end up losing money. Uh, but when it comes to long term sort of actual investment, uh, uh, if you ask people for 20 years, where have you said they're likely to say some uh, some uh, LIC endowment policy wow, or an okay. insurance policy, PPF, oh. uh, five-year lock-in FD. So each of those re- product that I talk about, whether it is FD or an endowment product or a PPF, they are all load return generating assets. Mm. Given that somebody is investing for the long term, he should be taking the risk what people do on the contrary when they they feel like taking risk they take risk for the short term <laughs> instead of staying taking risk for the long yeah. term our recommendations to customers are exactly the opposite you know short term is less than 5 years long term is more than 5 years. got it. less than 5 years go for products that give you on a short return more than 5 years go for products that might have a risk that will have a risk, but has a likelihood of generating more than uh, returns. But behavior tends to be <laughs> the opposite. For example, uh, Section ATC gives you options, right? You could invest in ELSS. You could invest in insurance. You mm-hmm. could invest in PPF. Uh, off late in the last one year, ELSS has picked up. But otherwise, the default of this ATC money goes into uh, uh, life insurance or PPF, wow, yeah. which is basically long-term money, yeah. logged in, yeah. low-return assets. It's risk-free. I get it. But unfortunately, it beats the inflation uh, benchmark. So, our recommendation to customers, segregate your portfolios, take risk with your long-term portfolio, stay safe with your short-term portfolio.
0: Can't get more specific than that, folks. Stay safe in your short-term portfolio, take risk in the long-term portfolio, stay invested with a particular fund, with a particular fund manager. Hope to beat inflation over the long-term, but you have to invest also because what happens is that any investment avenue that gives you a guaranteed return most likely probably is actually not beating inflation whereas the products that actually beat inflation over the longer terms also involve a sort of risk so so thanks a lot for this uh, you know for spending time with us how can people reach out to you tell us that the website is wisdom.com
1: yeah website is wisdom.com our twitter handle is uh wisdom app at wisdom app uh, we have a linkedin page we have a facebook page wisdom so please reach out to us for any queries you could write to us at ask at fisdom.com, A-S-K, ask at uh, the rate fisdom.com, and would we'll be happy to answer any questions that people might have.
0: Fantastic. And that's a wrap on this episode. The investment story special with FISDM, my guest Subu, CEO and co-founder at FISDM. Like he said, the app is Wisdom with F-I-S-D-O-M. Folks, I hope that you had a good time listening to this episode and especially look out for correct Those small, small mistakes in your investment behavior. I know that I have fallen prey to a lot of the mistakes that Subhu had said. That's it up on the show. Subhu, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. No material on the show should be considered as financial advice. The material on the show is for informational purposes only. Please consult a financial advisor before taking any investment
1: decision.